Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Sunday night, basement time, week five. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the basement. This is my real basement. I'm here right now. I just watch games all day just like you did. Let's talk about them. Let's start with some facts. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one and four. The defending Super Bowl champ, LA Rams, are two and three. And I have no idea what the hell that New York Giants trainer is doing on the sideline. You've seen it. I've seen it. Every account that I follow keeps retweeting it and reposting it. I, don't, I, I guess the Giants trainer is massaging the guy's groin. I don't know why the, half the guy's buttocks is hanging out. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't appear to have underwear on while he's playing. It's, it's made for the internet, and it is everywhere. Never mind anything that happened today in any of the games. The Jets won. The Giants won. The Packers lost. It is that Giants trainer just, just going to town on the sideline on that player with his buttocks out. I don't know what's going on there. I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation. But you know how we do this here on Sunday nights. We do the podium, F1 style. There's a podium, a third place, second place, and first place, and they stand up there and get their due congratulations and spray champagne or drink milk or whatever the hell they do. Uh, Today, after week five, we are going into the late games right now, but in third place on the week five podium, I'm here, right here, New York, the city of New York, technically the state of New Jersey, but here's the facts, guys. The New York Giants are 4-1. and one. Wow. The New York Jets are 3-2, and two, which feels like 13-0. Where do you even start? Um, I think you would start here. If, you, if you're interested in coach of the year talk and all that, Brian Dable is the coach of the year right now. Saquon Barkley, I think, is in the MVP conversation. I mean, it's amazing. And if you would have gone to anybody, anybody with the Giants, any player, any owner, any coach, any anybody... If you would have said to them, after five games, two and three is on the table, let you be two and three, maybe a couple of them would have been like, that's not bad. I mean, we can work with that. Maybe a lot of them would have said no. Three and two, every single person's taking it. Unanimously. If they're saying they wouldn't, they're liars. They would have all taken three and two because nobody saw it coming. Four and one, you're on heroin. There's no way we'd be four and one, especially four and one with Daniel Jones not even in full strength beating the Packers in London come from behind fashion. That was awesome. It really was. The Packers are heavily flawed. We'll get to the Packers in a little bit. But I, I thought this was going to be Davis Webb, a quarterback for the Giants. It was Daniel Jones. <laughs> There's so many ramifications of this. The Giants at four and you're four and one, like you probably go to the playoffs. So that's their first time to the playoffs since 2016. They got a quarterback who's a dead man walking contractually. They got a running back who's their best player who needs a contract. All of it is just all in flux and they just... They don't care. They're this cool, heinous-looking, ugly New York team that does nothing pretty other than Saquon's open field runs, and that's it. And they're just 4-1, and one, picking off wins and batting down passes from the two-time consecutive MVP with a game on the line, spreading this beautiful game to Europe. The New York Giants are so cool. It's awesome, man. I've said it before. Every single person I, I, I live around is a Giants fan for life. And you meet them, you say, oh, how you doing? I'm Kyle. Oh, football. Who's your team? I say, who's your team? They ask, ah, I'm the Giants. It's always, they immediately look either at their phone or at their feet. Ah, Giants. It's been that way for five years. Now they're like, yeah, I'm going to get my Lawrence Taylor jersey out. I like this team. It's pretty cool. Four and one. That's an awesome start. And then you got the Jets, J-E-T-S. 
pathetic, pathetic run for the Jets over the last decade. Terrible. Just a terrible, terrible run. If it was only bad on the field, that'd be one thing. Just embarrassing off the field. Awful. Just awful. Adam Gase thing, awful. Sam Darnold, awful. Goes all the way back. They're 3-2. and two. It's their best start in, I think, over five years. It's so exciting. They matter. The quarterback's back. The, the coach is awesome. The young players look really good. The running backs and the wide receivers. It's weird to even be talking to you right now about the Jets. It's October. What are we doing talking Jets? They're an April topic at the draft. I don't know if you saw it or not. I do, uh, every, once, every couple of weeks, I do a piece, as they call it, for the NFL Today on CBS. And this week's piece was, I went to an amusement park, Rye Playland, if you know Westchester at all. It's this old-ass amusement park. It's the same place where Josh Baskin goes in Big. And he does the Zoltar, I want to be bigger. It's where Glenn Close... Uh, kidnaps the kid and takes her on the, the roller coaster in the Fatal Attraction. It's like this legendary old, it's like over 100 years old. So I go there and I'm on this wooden roller coaster. And if you haven't seen the video, you, you can just go to my Twitter if you care. But I, I had to go and sh- basically simulate the New York Jets fans' experience. Is that, you know, after every victory, it's gravity. And every time you think you're free of this, this, this cycle, it's a free fall and it's up and down. It's just like it's a basic metaphor of the Jets are a roller coaster. Not now, but for like over 50 years. So, man, we shot this thing, and people who have seen it, and they say, how many times did you have to do it? So I had to ride, the, I had to do five takes uh, on the roller coaster, five takes. I had it after three, but then they ended up doing a couple more. I messed up one of them, and I'm sitting there on a the roller coaster. There's a cameraman in front of me, and he's got his camera. He's shooting like a no-look behind-the-back shot. He's got the lens like this shooting backwards at me. And he's going up and down and trying to hold the cameras. This guy's an absolute hero. He was the, the heart and soul of the piece. So I ended up riding the roller coaster eight times. I, uh, I took some Dramamine. Shout out to the good folks at Dramamine who kept my stomach where it needed to be. And we did it. And I spit the words out and I made my jokes about Zach Wilson's mom and all that. And it was fine. And then they go out and they win and they beat the Dolphins. The pseudo-Dolphins, fine. But listen, I'm not going to have the, the, the Jets apologize for who, what the Dolphins quarterback was. The Jets have sucked They've had terrible quarterbacks for years, and they take their head kicking in like anybody else. So I don't want to split hairs and say, yeah, but it would have been two in Bridgewater. Who cares? I think they went 40 to 17. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Third on the um, podium. If you want to see the piece, just go to my Twitter. It's there a bunch of times. Second, our guy. Bombs away from Buffalo. That was a game, huh? Holy crap. That, that was a running clock in the second half game. A Steelers moms come onto the field to take them off the field because the other kids are bigger and an older grade than them and it's not safe. Just an absolute ass whooping from start to finish in Buffalo. And, you know, we talked to Josh last week. We'll talk to him in a couple of days again. And I asked, him, listen, the Chiefs are coming up. It's the biggest regular season game on the entire schedule for any team. Bills, Chiefs. Bills at Chiefs. Scene of the crime stuff. I, I, how do you focus? How do you, how do you not look forward to the Chiefs game when you're hosting a really beaten up Steelers team? And Josh, we were all here. He said, hand to God, hand on the Bible. I didn't even know we were playing the Chiefs next week. I'm just focused on the Steelers. And damn, I guess he was because I think he had like 350 yards passing at the half. And this is something that always happens when someone has a crazy first half and Mahomes has done it a few times and Rodgers, you'll see... Everybody starts tweeting about Norm Van Brocklin. 
because Norm Van Brocklin, I think in the 50s or something, had like 550 yards passing, and it's still the record till this day. It's the same thing if, you know, Calvin Johnson used to go at a halftime and he'd have like 170 yards and it would be Flipper Anderson, Flipper Anderson, because Flipper Anderson has a single game receiving record, and I think it's, I don't know, 300 or something crazy like that. So that's what we had a Norm Van Brocklin type day for Josh. Massive day for Gabe Davis, who made two ridiculous bomb catches with one hand. They looked awesome. They looked the part. Kenny Pickett was never going to happen against this defense. You root for him. He's a scrappy kid, and he wanted to fight at the end. Fine. I kind of like the spirit. He feels very Pittsburgh to me. But that wasn't happening in Buffalo today. And now, what do we ask Josh this week? What do we ask him on Tuesday? The game was not competitive. We talk about how much they kicked their ass. But then when we, when, we, when we round that corner in the conversation this Tuesday on Josh Allen Tuesday and Kyle Brandt's basement, Chiefs questions, here they come. Biggest game of the year. He's lost to them twice in the playoffs, two years in a row. I get, Tuesday's a, a big-time show. I got to start getting ready for a Tuesday show. In the meantime, Buffalo Bills uh, still have one loss. They're cruising. They feel fine. They're on second on the podium. Number one on the podium, though, I said it, until they lose, they're standing on that sucker the Philadelphia Eagles at a robust 5-0 who just beat the Arizona Cardinals. Not the Eagles' best game at all. Jalen Hurts did look good, but they didn't dominate. They kept Kyler in at the end, and they just let Kyler and Cliff do the Kyler and Cliff thing. I hate to say it, but unfortunately, it was really ugly at the end with the clock management, with the spiking and everything. And they ended up, they bring in their, their new kicker, and he blows the kick, and the Eagles to 5-0. 5-0 is awesome. Last undefeated team. They easily could have done it. They could have lost the game. Ah, four and one. Tough road game. Tough beat. Didn't have our best game. Kyler pulled out the end. No, they still kept playing. And guess who they play next week? Do you know who the Eagles play next week? They play the Cowboys, who have also won four in a row. And with my hero, my it's becoming my favorite Cowboys quarterback ever, next to Troy Aikman, Cooper Rush. And here, and we get a Jerry week. We'll talk about it all week. Can Jerry say, "Put Dak back in. It's time for Dak." Or does he stay with Cooper Rush, who just doesn't throw interceptions and doesn't lose Cooper Rush week? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, though, meanwhile, number one on the podium. We got Eagles, we got the Bills at two, and then both standing on that third slot with solid jockeying for position with Dayball, New York Jets football in the three spot. Pretty nice little podium right there. In fact, I like it a lot. But podiums aren't enough. Let's hand out some hardware. Let's do some Sunday Night Awards. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Did you watch Chargers Browns? Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen did watch it. 
because he was not playing in the game. So he was like you and me. He was at home with a Twitter account, and they qualify. Oh, wait a second. We lost. Hold on a second. I threw, a, I threw, a, I threw my staff for a loop. I was so excited to get to the awards. Set the awards for a second. We have to spend a quick second on the Packers. Uh, that's who lost the day. That's not an award, really. That's a, a dubious distinction. Man, the Packers are weird. And I've talked a lot about Rodgers, about how hard it looks like he's working every single time. And it's not a lot of that, put the belt on, uh, I love gold in the end zone like he's done the last few years. It is, it is full-on kindergarten cop. I'm stressed. I'm burdened. He was trying to really embrace the London lifestyle. And I think he did. But at the end, man, he just doesn't have a ton of playmakers. And his two best playmakers are the two running backs, I think. Certainly Aaron Jones, but also A.J. AJ Dillon. They didn't get the ball at the end. If you saw it then, you know, the seeds of controversy come in because they're down at, in, in, going into the end zone against the Giants, and they have a chance to make a play, and they just took the ball out of Aaron Jones' hand and A.J. Dillon's hand, and afterwards, um, Aaron Jones, who is, I really think has been their MVP this year, was asked, third and two, fourth and two. You guys passed both times. What would you think of that, Aaron? I put my money on it. You gave me an A.J. two downs to get two yards uh... I put my money on it, so. Uh, but at the same time, I don't. I'm not the quarterback, so I don't know what A. Rod's seen. Um, and they made a good defensive play to bat it down. So, um, you know, we just go back to the drawing board and put our heads down and keep working. Yeah, they don't look. Re- they they have a decent record. They're three and two, but they don't look like a contender at all. And you haven't been able to say that about Rodgers Packers teams, at least in the regular season for a while. I don't even hate the call, I guess, but they are a running team. They're a running team. They're a running team, and they play defense. Defense totally collapsed in the second half, and then they stopped running in the moments, and Rodgers couldn't make the play. The, the Matt LaFleur conversation is going to heat up here because there's, Matt LaFleur is a really polarizing topic in the sense that there's one camp that says, this guy's the best coach. He's great. He's never had a no – no coach has ever had a better start to their career like this. Look at this. Every single year he wins, he's in the playoffs. Everyone says, hold on there, guy. He's a, he, he's a passenger on the Rodgers Express. Rodgers is an amazing coach. Mike McCarthy was amazing with Rodgers, too, and then he went to Dallas, and eh. So is Matt LaFleur God's gift to coaching? We'll see. I actually don't know. This is the year, though, because this offense is struggling, and Rodgers doesn't just snap his fingers and dracarse the whole field. Like, let's see what Matt LaFleur's made of. He's 3-2. and two, He's never been here before. Let's see going forward what happens. That's, that's, that's who lost the day. Packers way ahead, long flight. Red phone booth, Abbey Road, Big Ben, the whole pomp and circumstance. And you lose to Daniel Jones? Tough loss. Long flight back. You got all the way to Wisconsin. Tough loss. Tough. They don't want that. They don't want the soundbite. I don't actually don't think the Aaron Jones soundbite is that big of a deal. But that is a soundbite that will travel this week. You'll hear it a lot. Packers lost the day. And like I said, as always in the order we do it, it's time for award season. Do we run the animation again? I think we're just going to skip it. Let's just get right to the awards. The, um, we like this one. The Karen and Henry Hill, why did you do that coaching decision? Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Karen? Because they would have found it, Henry. I mean, they they definitely would have found it. That's why she did it. It was worth $60,000, but they would have found it. Um, Did you watch Chargers Browns? As I was saying, Keenan Allen did. It's a fine game between two decent teams. Man, Chargers are up 30 to 28. 113 left in the fourth quarter. They got the ball. They got the lead. Fourth and one from their own 46. Got it? So, two point lead. 113 left. Fourth and one from your own 46. 
Just punt that sucker and hopefully you down it on the five and play some defense. Brandon Staley goes for it. Now, we've said this before. Staley's a wild man, or maybe he's just a mathematician. He goes for it. And he goes for it with a, not like some cool run to Eckler. He has Herbert pass, and it's like this no-chance pass that the Browns just bat down. And then it's just everyone starts screaming. At, like, you can actually hear the screams household to household on the block that you're living on. What is he doing? And then the double, and the blowback comes. You know, if you look at the math, it actually is the right move. Fine. I guess that's a rough call. Really rough. Now, I don't know if this played a role in it, but Brandon Staley, he was on Good Morning Football this week. He's such a good guy. I really like him. An Ohio guy. Grew up right around there, going home. It was this big homecoming for him as a head coach. He's got family there. He's got friends there. Is there any part of him that is a human being he, like, wants to show off and, like, yeah, watch how I do it. I... I got the wheelbarrow for my nuts, and I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I don't know. But thankfully, the, the Browns rookie kicker blew the kick. That would be a massive topic this week of what is Staley doing. I saw a couple tweets from people I respect, not just morons on Twitter, talking about like football people and front office people who are like, he should be fired for that. What is he doing? That He costs his team the game. Pun it. I don't know. Chargers defense is totally banged up and sucks. It was just, I, I think I'm more amused by the backlash to it. I think to, to Henry Hill's question, why would you do that? He's the Karen Hill saying, because the Browns would have come all the way down the field against their terrible defense. I don't know. We'll never find out. The Chargers still did win the game. And whoo, he is off the hook for that one. Because he would have been like, I don't know if he's going to be in the Matt Rule hot seat, which we'll get to. But Staley, I'm telling you, it's never been cooler to go for things. Remember with John Harbaugh last week with Lamar? Go for it. There's so many people in these guys' ears and so many stats and so many numbers and so many fans. They, I think, still think that we're in a very odd era of decision-making. That was a strange choice. And if he wants to stand by the math, there's always the built-in excuses. I want to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands. Fine. But boot the thing 60 yards. and You're not going against Joe Montana. You're going against Jacoby Brissett. Make him drive the whole length of the field. It worked out for him, but that was a wild one. Um, moving on, related note. To the R.I.P. My Dog Tony Stark player tweet of the day. R.I.P. My Dog Tony Stark comes from LaShawn McCoy, of course, after he ruined the biggest movie of all time for 90% of the world. Uh, Keenan Allen, <laughs> this was great. Because Keenan Allen, longtime venerable Chargers receiver, was not with the team, obviously. He was hurt, so he's just sitting there watching the game tweeting. Staley decides to go for it, and it's always the fake out where... Herbert comes out on fourth and one, and they, well, they're probably just trying to draw him off sides. Oh my God, they're throwing it. And Keenan Allen tweets, WTF are we doing? That's the actual Chargers star player as it's happening. <laughs> and huge response to it. I, I don't know, you probably want to check that one. Like, do you need to share that with the world? Can't you just yell that in the room you're with, the people? But that's not what we do anymore. And then they go on, the Browns missed a kick. Uh, Cade York, great name. He's missed a couple big kicks now. He's the week one hero. Keenan tweets, so glad he missed that because man, man, man. <laughs> That's a really good tweet. That's, you feel that tweet. You don't so much read it, you feel it. So glad he missed that because man, man, man. Chargers win. Chargers are fine. And if the Chargers get to the playoffs, who the hell knows? You don't really remember, yeah, but week five, Staley, who cares? Just get the win. Just stack wins. That's all that matters. But those are a double dip for the RIP My Dog Tony Stark player tweet of the day. And then we get to this. 
Beginning of the season, the Kyle Brandt Spaceman staff and I, oh, it's the Sunday Awards. We do Sunday Awards. We, uh, we said, shouldn't we do like a bad officiating call award? And I'm like, eh, I don't like picking on the officials that much. And as I call it, referee radio is tedious and lame. So we kind of just tabled it. And then we watched the Buccaneers-Falcons game, and we said, nope, we're giving one out tonight. So ladies and gentlemen, the Phil Luckett call of the day. Do you remember Phil Luckett? I'm sure you do. Phil Luckett brings back memories for many. It's hard to pick his most infamous moment. Maybe not. He was the uh, NFL official who oversaw the Thanksgiving Day Steelers, Lions, Jerome Bettis coin flip snafu in which Jerome Bettis called something and Luckett said he called something else and the Steelers ended up losing. There was also several other plays he was involved with. So um, the Phil Luckett call of the day, the roughing the passer call on Atlanta Falcon, Grady Jarrett, was an SNL sketch. It was a Key and Peele sketch. It was South Park. It was Family Guy. It was every piece of satire you can come up with. If you didn't know the situation, uh, Brady gets sacked. They would have given the Falcons the ball back. They, would have, they had a lot of momentum, a really good chance they win the game. The Falcons have gotten hot lately. It's a big game for them. They, they, Grady Jarrett kind of takes Brady by the waist and kind of spins him to the ground and sacks him. Brady screams, gets the flag. It gives the, the Bucks a first down, and they win the game. And you thought when you saw the flag, you're like, oh, it must, it must be something else. You can't flag that. Even in this era of the last five years of, oh, my God, you can't, really can't touch quarterbacks, that can't be a flag. And it was. And it was, it was, it was satire. It was farce. It, it, you, you were like, what, what am I looking at right now? And then the, and then the reaction started coming in. Um, Scott Pioli, who is a guy I work with, who is a multi-time front office member of the year, GM. He's got Super Bowl trophies with New England. He tweets, I've seen a lot of NFL football in my life. And I love it when a tweet starts like that. I've seen a lot of NFL football. But someone is going to have to explain this roughing the passer call in the Falcons-Bucks game. I'm not sure I've seen anything quite like this. And guys, we've seen some humdingers on the flags about quarterbacks getting hit. Um, I'm glad you said that, Scott, because the official, Jerome Boger, made a statement after the game. Now, here's where we're at with the officials. If you know how this works, if you don't, they don't come to the podium like the coach does in the quarterback. You, that's why you've never seen this referee standing up there answering questions. It's not the usual media thing. But there's this weird process by which reporters do get access to him, to them, off camera to follow up and ask questions about calls, good, bad, or otherwise. So the only responses you ever get from the officials are never on camera, and they're only just written and transcribed. So someone found Jerome Boger, and like, dude, Jerome, what, what the hell was that call on Grady Jarrett? He, he just pulled the quarterback down to the grass like, like you would with your toddler playing football in the yard. There was nothing violent about it. He says, what I had is the defender grabbed the quarterback while he was still in the pocket. Sounds good to me. And he finishes and unnecessarily throwing him to the ground. What is the unnecessarily part about it? That, I mean, he makes it sound like it was some sort of WWE powerbomb. If you didn't see the play, it is not a violent play. It's a Tom Brady play. And 
I think that's one of 32 quarterbacks who gets that call. And I look, the star call thing is the star call thing. It happens in every sport. But Christ, that was terrible. Just terrible. And it changed the game. And the Falcons have won a couple games here, and they're rolling, and the Bucks are reeling. I, I, if I have it right, the Falcons have won two in a row, and the Bucks have lost two in a row. So this was a massive, massive, like, early season defining call that was just nonsense. And it's a really loaded topic because Grady Jarrett, the guy who got flagged, Grady Jarrett was going to win MVP of the 28-3 Super Bowl game. He had had, I think, he had like three sacks in the first half as a Falcon on Brady as a Patriot. So he, like, he has owned Brady. He has sacked him many times in big spots. He would have been the MVP of that game if the Falcons didn't blow the lead. So it's Grady Jarrett again. And the other problem is, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. Don't you think that Jerome Boger right now is the number one most recognizable official currently in the league? I think he is the guy. I know exactly what he looks like. He, I think he's one of the few refs that I would see. I'd be like, oh, that's Jerome Boger. Like, if I saw him on the street, I'd be like, dude, Jerome Boger. I know who you are. It's, it's like gone are the days of Ed Hockey Lee. And then even like the people like Gene Serator for a while. But now they go and they take those media jobs. I think Boger is our, like the Brady of officials right now in that he is the most recognizable player in, or in his trade, Jerome Boger. So instantly it's like it's kind of just um, heightened by we know this guy. We have a history with this guy. It's a Brady thing. It's a you can't hit quarterbacks anymore thing. And it's a Falcons are on a winning streak and Bucks are on a losing streak. That sucked. And I usually don't get wrapped up in the, why don't you put flags on them? Because I don't like the when the quarterbacks get hurt and it makes the product terrible. But there was no risk of injury here at all. It was, it was not like he landed on him or threw him. He just wrapped him around the whips. You've, you've seen it. You watch football your whole life. You've seen that sack a thousand times. A thousand. You've seen it this season. You'll see it next week and it won't be flagged. And he was just standing there and Brady screamed. And I think he just threw it because it's like, oh, Brady's screaming at me. I got to throw it. I don't think Rodgers gets it. Mahomes, Allen, any of those guys. I think Brady's the only one who got it. And imagine, like, that's, that's why these are so big. Imagine if the Bucks get in the playoffs by one game, and it's Brady's last season, and because of that call, it was the difference between him missing the playoffs and his final season or make it just big. That was crazy. That was the Phil Luckett call of the day to Jerome Boger at an unbelievably strange, I don't even know I'm going to call it terrible, just bizarre. What was he doing? It was like he was looking at his phone when the play happened, and then he looked up and Brady was screaming, so he threw a flag. Um, next. The River Craycraft Fantasy Thief. This is the player, you know it, no one, you don't have him in your roster. The, the player, your, your, the friend you're going against doesn't have him in their roster. No one has them in their roster. River Craycraft scored two touchdowns the first three weeks of the season. We named the, the award after him. That goes to Daniel Bellinger. Quick, right now, who's Daniel Bellinger? Do you know who that is? No. He's on the Giants. And, you know, a co-winner. Gary Brightwell. Do you know who that is? No. He's on the Giants. Daniel Bellinger and Gary Brightwell both took touchdowns from Saquon Barkley, who I think is trying to put together an MVP season. It sucked. And the worst one was the Bellinger one. They ran this cool reverse, and Saquon had the ball. And Daniel Jones gave it to Saquon on a reverse. You're like, ooh, Saquon's running the reverse. This is going to be a cool highlight. And then he hands it to Daniel. I'm mean, reading the name again. Daniel Bellinger. Saquon, don't hand it to Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger handed it to you. And then... Add insult to injury, Saquon had to leave the game momentarily. Shoulder injury. Oh, no. It's over. The dream is over. Whilst he was out, guess who got an easy, gimme, red zone touchdown? Gary Brightwell. Great job, Gary. Gary, take a touchdown. Ballinger, take a touchdown. Both Saquon. Saquon did. I think he scored a touchdown today. He did. He should have had three. Those are the River Craycraft Fantasy Thieves. Um, 
move on to the line of the week. We try to rotate around um, who gets the... Uh, we use an homage to Stallone, Schwarzenegger, just their terrible, terrible one-liners, which are also delicious back in the day. We've done some stuff from Cobra. We've done a few other things. How about when... Um, and maybe the ultimate in Commando when Schwarzenegger vanquishes the enemy, the villain of the film, by throwing a pipe not only through said villain's chainmail bib that he's wearing, but through the entirety of his torso, through his spinal column, out through the back of the chainmail bib, and then into some sort of steam enclosure that I'm sure is made of solid steel. That's how hard he throws it. And then the steam is coming out through the villain, Bennett, in the pipe. It's a very beautiful death. And as the steam is coming out, do you go and find your daughter who's been kidnapped? Do you nurse your wounds? Do you maybe make sure the enemy is dead? No, 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 my friends. That's not how you do it. You say this. Let off some steam, Bennett. Nailed it. Print. Moving on. That's how you make movies in 1986. Because there's steam coming through the Mortal Wound you gave him, so let off some steam, which is a phrase that means relax, which is so dumb, but it's we loved it. That's why we showed up back in the day. The let off some steam Bennett line of the week, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, who was probably negative 15 when the movie Commando was released in theaters. Uh, he has been back for two games. They've won both of them. And here's what Zach Wilson, the dimple-faced assassin... Had to say after the game, it's our let off some Steen Bennett line of the week. The expectation is just is, is changing, you know. We're, we're expected to come in here and win, and we're expected, you know, to win. You know, be shocked when we don't. Whoa! Yeah, Zach! <laughs> be shocked! So if the Jets lose next week, and I think, tell me in my ear, guys, I think they play the Packers, right? The Jets? Um, it... Oh, yeah, okay, so Jets, Zach Wilson's going to Lambeau next week. So he, his, his explanation to me is, if the Jets lose 27 to 24 to the Packers, be shocked. Be shocked. Like, your wife comes home and, honey, how were the games today? I just can't get over it. What happened? The Jets lost to the Packers. I don't know if we're there yet, Zach. <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. You're three and two, and I like the moxie. We're not there yet, my friend, but I like the way we're going. To let off some Steam Bennett line of the week, Zach Wilson saying that we should be shocked if the Jets lose. Kind of cool, dude. For, for like a little cute blue-eyed dimple-faced guy, that's a pretty cool quote. Um, but we have to move on. Hold on. We have to move on to, uh, what should we name this award? Steve Latimer? Starting defense. Place at the table. <laughs> the placed at the table team of the week. That is a team, much like Steve Latimer, who has just found that they indeed are given a spot, that they matter, that they're not on the bench. You know what people hate? They hate talking about the Titans. You hate that I'm mentioning Titans. You're bored. You're getting visions of Ryan Tannehill. They're weird, like uh, NFL Europe uniforms, their stupid team name. You don't care about the Titans. Most people don't. I do. The Titans were 0-2. They started terribly. They're written off. These guys suck. It's all the Colts. The Titans, my friends, have won three games in a row. Three in a row. They are 3-2. They have the reigning coach of the year. Derrick Henry is scoring a touchdown every single week. They lost Taylor Lewan for the season. Mike Vrabel teams are tough. They're tough. 
you just can't put them down. And they're not glamorous and they're never gonna light you up. They are not as cool, like flashy, like the Bengals. They're nothing that is fun and exciting to check, like the Ravens. They don't have the crazy history in Super Bowls like the Steelers. But you, you know what? You get there in December and you're like, oh, look at the playoff standings. There's the already sealed it, the wild card teams, and there's the in the hunt column. They're already like in one of the first two, always. Those Mike Vrabel teams work. And everyone was just, you know, bending over backwards to pick the Colts in the division. The Colts are a disaster right now. The Jaguars are coming way back to earth. The Texans got their first win today. And you know who's sitting there in three and two? The Titans. The Titans. You hate them. They're boring. I don't care. Titans place at the table. I respect the way they operate. I like the Titans. I don't care that you don't and don't care. I won't have your apathy. I like the Titans. They have a place at the table. Oh, let's go to this. What should I say? <laughs> this is not the award you want. Let me move my very sophisticated sound file. The uh, Catherine Martin lotion on its skin team. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. What's the team that is in a basement wishing well torture chamber putting lotion on its skin so as to lubricate its flesh so as to make it better to make into a, a human skin suit by a psychopath? Anybody check in on the, I guess they're called the commanders? God dang, commanders. The problem is I'm watching Wentz after the game. And he's doing the Carson Wentz thing, and he's wearing some weird outfit. I think it was like a some denim jacket or something. And he's saying, "Man, it's it, it stings extra because we had it, and we we you know first and goal at the two, and they did have it. They, they got to win that game. <laughs> what happened? Did you? I, it was red zone was kind of going there at the end, and they were on it, and, and, and Hanson was all over it at the as they're about to punch it in, but." Again, we're coming off talking about the Titans, the place at the table. They shouldn't have won that game. Washington down 21-17, first and goal at the two. You, you got a bunch of different running backs, one of which was shot two times a few weeks back and is in there making plays. Handle the ball! Or at least, they're, you know, they're... they're I, look, I'm getting emotion, emotional about this. I'm getting pissed off about this. So they're, they're out of timeouts and they're down, so they're passing. Fine. Throw him the ball! Carson Wentz sits back there and, like, he throws an interception. God, and you, and you know, I saw some reactions. I tweeted something about it, about the Titans winning and how I respect the Titans. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet on the show. I like the Titans and you can't count them out. But the response from Commanders fans was just like, zero surprise, dude. Knew it was going to happen. Never got excited. <laughs> like, really? You were home. You had first to go on the two and you just never thought they're going to score? Nope. I knew it. Can't trust that guy, Wentz. And now you're going to hear all this. Is it, is it time for Sam Howell? <laughs> and maybe it is. Wentz is just, Wentz is the worst because sometimes he makes an unbelievably incredible throw. And you're just like, oh, wow, that is so seductive. And that throw will keep you coming back. It's just like a, a crappy band that every five or six years, but, oh, it's a pretty cool hit single. Sign him up for three more albums. It's tough, man. Is it Sam Howell time? I think what? The, the Washington Commanders are one and three. No, they're one and four. Ugh. One and four is terrible. Bad, bad loss. You know, th th there's so much bad will around that team, and you try to build them up, and you're one and three, and you're at home, and you're going to beat a team that kind of matters in the Titans, and there you are, and you're, you're on the door, and you're about to get in there, and just you got this quarterback, and he's going to make the play, and we're going to get to celebrate. 
and we're going to have to hug my wife and high-five my kid and then go back to the car and talk about it on the drive home how great that was. And it's going to be a good family memory. And that day we went and saw them in 2022. <laughs> Interception, game over. <laughs> Titans guys running down the field celebrating. Ugh, now you got to just drain out of the stadium, that horrible stadium, and just go into that horrible parking situation, horrible traffic, and it's Sunday night, and you haven't done any of your homework. It's just bad. Just bad. One in four. I love you, Ron Rivera. I do, man, but ugh, the Wentz thing is rough. What else do we got? That's such a downer. Um, let's predict the future, because this is what we call tomorrow's takes today. This will be the Monday morning talking head Take Buffet. All right. I have a sense for this. I can sense where the takes are going to go and where the real provocateurs, the real uh, Bobby Flays of cooking up takes, where they're going to go with it. Cowboys takes are coming. Here we go. You could get nuclear hot and say that the Cowboys should name Cooper Rush the starter indefinitely. Then if you really wanted to up it, you could say Dak Prescott has started his last game for the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty big. Uh, or, and none of, it, none of it makes sense. Don't get caught up in what makes sense. It's not. Have you watched these shows? It doesn't matter what makes sense. Or you could say... Uh, the Dak, uh, Cooper Rush was, has been holding the Cowboys back. And this is actually an all-time great Cowboys team that's winning in spite of Cooper Rush. Um, the Rams are a one-hit wonder, a disaster. Break up the Rams. McVay should have taken the Amazon job. That's, that's going to be out. The Rams are two and three, guys. I, I never really care that much how teams get out of the gates. Not that much. Just, just stay afloat. Two and two, it's fine. It's, it's no big deal. Two and three just feels significantly different to me. You can get over two, and two and three is bad. And you know how bad they look? Like, they're not scoring anything. Cooper Cup's great, and the whole rest of the team sucks. That's what it looks, that's what it looks like. It's like Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and McVay over there with his pomade just yelling and just can't get anything done. The Rams are one-hit wonder. What are the Giants' takes? Because don't tell me they're going to start saying you got to pay Daniel Jones. That, 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 nobody's saying that, right, still? I don't know. They, they, there's also going to be you got to extend Saquon, which is very dangerous. Is anybody going to say they're the best team in the NFC East? How could you, right? Does anyone want to take that? The Packers, the Eagles are five and zero. They are four and one. They are pretty tasty. Uh, and now, okay, so people have been waiting to get their Rodgers takes off. Oh yeah. There's there's a certain type of players that are the draft folder type players where the knife sharpeners and the media have their drafts all set to attack. And Rodgers has been having a nice, nice, nice little phase here, a nice little career, a nice little 20 years. Aside from the playoff shortcomings, you don't really see a lot of regular season Rodgers shortcomings. Well, let me tell you, when he's throwing the ball at fourth down towards the end zone and gets batted down, they're coming. They're coming. Aaron Devontae Adams was, was the MVP last year. He's the guy. Rodgers should have retired. Rodgers should force a trade, you name it. I still say this. Rodgers threw a, t- a touchdown to Mercedes Lewis today. It is the only first-round pick Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown pass to in his whole career. And he has over 500 of them. I don't, I'm not there with Rodgers. Uh, the Allen Mahomes takes are coming. Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league. Number one. He's better than Mahomes. He's better than Rodgers. He's better than Brady's. Josh Allen's number one. 
I don't know. It's starting to look like it. It really is. Chiefs Bills is big. And then, you know, all the really unfun stuff with Matt Rule. By the time you listen to this, does Matt Rule still have a job? Matt Rule, I, I like a lot. He has a big personality. He has a creative mind. He's kind of thing we want in the NFL. It just has been a disaster. Same thing I would say about Baker Mayfield. Cool personality, confident, gunslinger, great college background. We want him to succeed. It's just for the sake of content. Rule, Baker, absolute disaster. Very morbid, like... Um, bloodthirsty coaching firing power rankings, but I, I, I don't think Matt Rule is long for this. And you know what? He'll have like a top tier co- college job in 20 seconds after it's done. But that's it. That's um, that's the Sunday night show, guys. That's the Take Buffet tomorrow. Everybody dig in. We will be on tomorrow. Josh Allen will be here Tuesday. Uh, and then at the end of next week, I'm going to my younger brother's bachelor party. I'm going to Ole Miss Auburn by way of Memphis, Tennessee, then bussing into Oxford, Mississippi. It's going to be a bloodbath. I can't wait. Thanks for watching us, guys. Uh, thanks, Pete. I'm going to throw one more dart. Goodbye. Love you. See you tomorrow, Monday. Uh, subscribe, like, share, tweet, all that stuff. It really does help. I hate asking for it, but it really does help. Go ahead. Give me a five-star review and tell us how much you like the Ultimate Warrior painting. That's it. Sunday night. Uh, Go get it, guys. Love you. See you. Goodbye.